Welcome to the Intuitive Vibrance Podcast, a space where we go straight to the heart of what it means to embody the fullest, most authentic expression of yourself. I am your host, Bozia Morgan, and I'm here to support you in your path to self-discovery, transformation, and liberation, empowering you to unapologetically be your most intuitively vibrant self. everyone. Welcome back to the Intuitive Vibrance Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest with me, Alana Eagle. Alana has started this very exciting and fun new venture called Dabble, and I've been dying to talk to her about it. So I have Alana here with me in studio. Welcome, Alana. Thank you so much for having me today. Yeah. So just to give our listeners a little bit of background on you. Alana grew up here in Honolulu, where she currently lives with her husband, her three-year-old son, her Rottweiler, and a couple of chickens. She recently left her full-time job as an events manager at a local news organization to explore the world of consulting and to create space to allow new creative opportunities into her life, because Alana truly is a creative. She's an event director, a creative consultant, an actress, and recently launched DABBLE, which stands for Design a Beautiful Life. And that's why we're here today to talk all about DABBLE and an upcoming event, your first DABBLE event that's happening a week from tomorrow at Gather Event Space in Hawaii Kai. So DABBLE, which stands for Design a Beautiful Life, is a community dedicated to fostering personal growth and well-being through the exploration of diverse hobbies, workshops, and wellness practices, all while promoting an alcohol-free lifestyle. And you can find Dabble at Dabble With Us on Instagram. So Alana, let's dive in. I would love for you to share all about Dabble, where it came from, why you started it, what your vision is for it. So yeah, just if you could tell us... um, Where did Dabble come from? Where did the idea come from? Sure. Well, the name itself actually just channeled to me one night when I was putting my son to bed, doing some breathe-up exercises to relax the both of us, and it just came to me, and it was like, Dabble, design a beautiful life. And I said, oh, what what was that? And I just kind of was like, I like that. I quickly, after he fell asleep, I went and wrote wrote it down and I wrote down all these ideas of what dabble could mean and what people could dabble with and I thought of this Mm. video series and all this stuff that dabble could be and then um, I kind of put it in my back pocket for a while and one day I was at work I kind of had like um, a rough day and I came straight to, to gather to just be around people that I know that make me feel great and feel inspired and so I just came here and actually you were here and Michelle was who's a co-founder of Oak and Pine and the Gather Space and I was just sharing with them and they said well what is it that you what is your passion what is it that you want to do and so it was the very first time I started talking about this community that I wanted to build around an alcohol-free lifestyle and um, lifestyle improvement and self-development And you both were like, do it. And that's, and I had the name and everything. And even when I said the name out loud, you 
Oh, has, I loved it. Yeah. And so I think that support and reinforcement of everything just allowed me to begin and to just start. And from there, um, you know, a couple months went by, but then eventually I gave my notice. I left my job. I started the community and now we're having our first event, which is a dance party, an alcohol-free dance party where where people would be guided through some mindset um, activities, some hype movements, some um, partner stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. And it's a sober event, so there will be mocktails. And um, yeah, so we're starting with that dance party. We're going to have a Pauhana in partnership with Oak and Pine in August, and hopefully it just continues to grow. It's so exciting. And I really love how this all came together for you. I also love, and I just realized, it's called dabble and that idea of dabbling in different things. And you, with your human design, you are a manifesting generator. Manifesting generators are designed to dabble in a lot of different things. And this just I just realized this. And so it really it feels so aligned. And I love that the whole thing just was channeled through you and for you. Um, and just to hear you talking about it, it lights you up from the inside out, which is what you want, right? You want your sacral to be lit up from the inside out. Um, and then as a fourth line, you're really leaning into this idea of community, right? Like really building um, and supporting an alcohol-free lifestyle through community, through community building. So can you talk more about really what the whole it to me it feels like a movement it feels like this movement that you are behind and um it's really exciting can you talk more about what dabble means to you and kind of what your long-term vision is for it sure so there definitely is an alcohol-free movement going on there are um some alcohol-free bars opening up across the states you know internationally there are stores opening that only sell alcohol-free alternatives. We have one locally as well, Nice Superette. And so there is a movement. Um, what I envision for Dabble is the community of people that support each other and exactly what you said, like dabbling in different hobbies. Because when you stop drinking, things change in your life. Um, there is actually more time to do new things. And there, there's more expression that is allowed out of you because you have the time and you start becoming more of the person that you once were and but probably before drinking. Um, and so what I envision is different workshops, people partnering and collaborating with other people to share their skills and talents, um, inviting other people into what you do, really building this local community, but also hopefully broadening it out. Mm -hmm. um, and what inspired it in the first place is, you know, I don't, as I made changes in my life, I didn't want to change the people around me, but I was looking for more um, social activities that weren't involved or surrounded by alcohol. Yeah. A lot of times it was girls' nights, aka wine nights. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, and the reason I did the dance party was because a lot of times to go dancing, you have to go to a club or a bar. And... I didn't want to do that, especially being like a tired mother. That was not my scene. Yeah. Um, and then just, you know, not having the pressure because having gone through drinking for a big portion of my life, 
quitting, which was definitely hard. It's still difficult to be in social situations where everyone is drinking. It looks like so much fun. It's it's pressure. And so that actually ta- takes a toll on me and taxes my energy. So I'll go to a social event, not drink, and then go home and I'll just knock out. And even though I can have fun talking with the people that are there, it's still this undercurrent of energy that I have to use up. Mm. And so sometimes I'll even find myself with a social hangover the next day because of the my own internal struggle that I've had to deal with. That is fascinating. And yeah. I love that you're sharing this. So have you found that it's much different for you energetically when you're hanging out in social situations and alcohol is just not present? Totally. And you know, the conversations don't have to be about recovery, about how we all don't drink, but I do find that the conversations can get deeper. You can build stronger connections with people. Um, When people open up, it's not because of this liquid courage. Right. You know, so. I just got the chills. I love this. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that um, I think you and I, I mean, I know it's one of the most important things for me in my life and for you as well, and this is really what we connect on deeply with each other, is living an authentic life. And one of the things that um, human design actually talks about around alcohol is that alcohol kills your identity. So each energy center in the human design chart is associated with a different um, organ in the body. And the identity center, which is the center of the self, the center of the self, it's yourself, it's self-love, it's your direction, your sense of identity, it's associated with the liver. And as we know, it's common knowledge that when we drink alcohol, it's taxing on the liver, it's hard on the liver. So if we associate the liver with the identity center, then alcohol is taxing on the identity. It really like robs you of your identity. And we see that, right? Like people become different versions of themselves and there's a lot of cloudiness, it's foggy, there's lack of clarity and it, it gets in the way of you showing up authentically. And then a lot of people depend on alcohol, like you said, for liquid courage. And so it's like, who am I really getting? Am I getting your real self? Or am I getting this kind of like, you know, this other version of yourself that is reliant upon something else to to sort of be here? Um, and so I really love that, that like you take alcohol out of the equation and then you have no option but to just show up as yourself. And that you know, you know that what you're getting from the other person is real. It's authentic. Yeah, I find that so fascinating, the association with liver and identity. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, I started drinking when I was young. The first time I ever had a drink, I was probably 14 years old, you know, with friends. We had a lot of fun partying. And then you just kind of continue through the college years and go to parties. And then it becomes part of like social events, even after work. And so whether, you know, there's a big struggle with it or it's just part of, you know, it's normalized. Um, I did find that I lost myself for, you know, a couple decades. Mm. I was this like very vibrant, outgoing young woman when I was an early teen. When I hit about 14, I struggled all the way, you know, through my 20s into my 30s. And then I kind of settled down and I was okay. Um, And it 
I introduce myself, I write actors. I haven't done a lot of things, but I love acting. And it's something that I did when I was younger and have recently gotten into after I stopped drinking. I had a realization that I went into film school. I wasn't sure what I wanted to focus on. I always just wanted to do acting, Mm -hmm. but I was ashamed. I wasn't proud of myself. I was hoping, you know, someone might just put me into a film as an actor. Mm -hmm. But now I'm just like, yeah, I I love to act. I want to do that. and just living authentically is, I, it's the purest form of like bringing joy to this world. Absolutely. It has been the best thing for me, for my family, for my kid. And my kid is what inspired it to begin with. I think that when I see him and when he was born, it was really hard. It was during the pandemic, 2020. Um, but knowing that I wanted to be the most present I could for him, that I was struggling with, you know, drinking a bottle of wine a night at one point. It was... It was difficult because I had nowhere to go, you know, and then thinking about who am I? Who am I right now? What kind of parent am I? What do I want him to be when he grows up or how do I want him to feel? And that is why I decided, you know what? I'm done. Mm. Yeah. So it is interesting to go kind of back to what you were saying about the liver and self. Um, I feel like stopping drinking allowed me to release the shame that I had in in just life in general. Um, there are things that, you know, drinking too much I that I probably regret that I've done, you know, shameful things, but I don't dwell on that anymore. Mm-hmm. I can move beyond. And then there are moments now that I, because I can live so present in my body, I realize this isn't from drinking the night before. This isn't from... This might be from other people's energy around me. This might be from, you know, how I'm feeling today or my mood. Or maybe I'm getting a little sick or being so removed and having the presence of alcohol in, like, my body. Because, I mean, it lives in us for a while. So um, it's, it's been something that has brought in so much clarity and pride into my life. Mm, I love that. Can we talk more about the relationship between alcohol and shame and how like this sense of pride that you have now not drinking. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, So alcohol and shame are, it seems like it's a endless spiral. Mm. If you drink something and you do something that maybe you wouldn't do under the influence you might feel a little shame about that the next day, or even as it happens, um, which then might lead you to um, have a little regret and drink again or drink more. To mask the shame. To mask the shame. Mm -hmm. And that, I feel like for myself, kind of sent me in a downward spiral. Um, Losing my identity, losing who I was, not being proud of things I had done, Um, And then slowly making up for it as, you know, I matured and became an adult, but by completely letting go of alcohol, which is something that I never really thought I would do, but I always kind of wanted to do, Mm -hmm. um, that allowed me to just let it all go. Okay, maybe I messed up in certain situations. Maybe I did that, whatever. It's led me to become who I am now. And At this point, I just am like, okay, time to build community, time to connect with other people who are in similar situations. It also has allowed me to connect with myself and with 
like a deeper spirit in the universe. Mm. I never like the word God used to terrify me when I was growing up. Um, I grew up in a in a family household that we didn't have any religious practices, um, not completely atheist or anything, but we never talked about religion or God. Um, so the word actually kind of scared me. Now I see it as it's the universe, it's spirit, it's whatever people believe that is, you know, sourcing to them and giving them love and life and bringing people together. And um, that's what it is for me. So uh, it has allowed me to have like a little bit of a an awakening and yeah, yeah, and kind of open my eyes to just being who I am. Yeah, um, oh, I love that so much. I mean, I think that. You know, we, we use alcohol as a society, and it's so socially acceptable when really it should not be because I, I mean, I, I see alcohol as being something that's very dangerous for us. It's very unhealthy. It creates these unhealthy habits, and it masks so much, and we use alcohol to, self, to self-medicate, right, to self-soothe. Um, it's what we turn to when we're stressed out, when we need to relax, all these things. Um, if we have had traumatic lives, traumatic childhoods, you know, people turn to alcohol to, to really mask that, to just kind of shove it all down deep. And, um, it really clouds everything and it can only last for so long. I think at some point it's going to catch up with us and it doesn't mean that you, not everyone who consumes alcohol is an alcoholic, right? Like, Not at all, but I think that it is used so commonly um, to mask. It's used as a Band-Aid for all different types of situations. And then when we give ourselves that space um, to let go of it, to let our bodies be cleansed of it, and we have that clarity, then when we have that clarity, we have that clarity of thinking and of clarity of self, and we can connect the mind to the heart in that way because we're not hungover, we're not cloudy. And then the mind can speak to the heart. The mind can the, the mind can listen to the heart and vice versa. Then you create that strong connection with yourself and then you can create that strong connection with the universe, with spirit, with something that feels greater, more powerful than you. And then, you know, I love that you're bringing in this aspect of community. That's such a fourth line thing to do. But talking about this idea of shame, you know, the thing that creates and perpetuate, or the thing that really perpetuates shame is when we don't talk about the things that we all feel shameful about. Mm. And when we're able to start talking about shame and the things that we feel shame around in safe spaces, that's when it starts to heal. That's when we can release the shame. And, you know, we're all having the same experiences you know like there's we there is a very common experience of being human and there's a lot of shame just in the human experience and then there's a lot of shame around you know just being a woman I was having this thought the other day that you know in certain cultures women are raised to feel shameful just for being women you know and I can relate to that I feel that I come from from a culture that really perpetuated that Um, Not so much anymore, but definitely in the past. And so I think that when we're able to start talking about these things, and I think it takes the brave people, someone like you, to start talking about this and say, like, yeah, I used to have a lot of shame around these things, and you know what? I'm choosing to forgive myself, 
and I'm going to move on and I'm going to focus on the things that bring me joy and the things that make me feel connected. That's when we take the power away from the shame. And that's when we can transmute it into something greater. And I love that you're doing this. I just, I love it so much. Thank you. And thank you for being such a supporter of it. I also think I want to add that with shame, the reason we hold on to shame is because of other people. Mm-hmm. We're worried yes. what we e- how we either affect them how we either or how they, what they think of us. And so if we can look at other people when they stumble or make a mistake and not place shame on them, yes. that's just as important as making the right decision yourself. Because that shame that if you look at someone through shame, then you're putting them in such a rough spot yeah. and you're not, you're holding them down and you're not allowing them to step up and recover. And and find that beautiful life that they can live, you know? And we right. need all those stumbles because that is what makes us better. Yes. And someone I recently was talking with, a wonderful friend, and she was like, we're just all messy humans. And it's true. We just yes. are all messy humans. We are messy humans. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Being human is very messy. Um, and I think, too, you know, one of the things that I talk a lot about in, with human design is that I I love human design because it gives us a tool to really love and accept and understand ourselves and that when we can really understand ourselves and really accept ourselves and then in turn love ourselves, then that allows us to understand, accept, and love others. So it really does start with us, right? If If you have feelings of judgment and shame towards yourself, you're going to project that out onto the people in your life. And so, you know, I think that what you're creating, it's, um, it really has this beautiful domino effect. And it starts with you and your very bright aura and your courage and your bravery to, to really design a beautiful life, a very authentic life, and to show people just by being you and doing what you love and being brave and stepping outside of the status quo that like, hey, like, look what I'm doing. I'm really happy and I want you to be in on this with me and we can do this together and you can do it too, right? It's this great domino effect. Um, I would love to ask you a question. Okay. Um, so what do you think that, what does design a beautiful life? Mm-hmm. mean look mean to you I know the word design is also in human design right. but like if you were to design your most beautiful life which I know you are so good at mm-hmm. what is that to you um thank you for the question it's a life of freedom freedom to just really be myself and to just follow my authority my authority actually lives in my identity center For me, designing a beautiful life has so much to do with just kind of like following, being able to follow my whims, the whims of my identity, the whims of my authority that says like, let's just go in this direction today and see what happens. I'm also a very creative person and this is something that I've always felt but didn't really realize about myself and I never called myself a creative until just in the last couple of years and first and foremost, foremost, I am a creative. And so, you know, like I love to get lost in creative projects, like um, styling a photo shoot and then like being in a photo shoot. I love that kind of thing. So for me, designing a beautiful life, it's about having the freedom, honestly, just to do whatever I want to do. And I don't know what that's going to look like from day to day. I'm not someone who um, thrives on a routine. Um, And then, you know, connection. Um, I'm also a fourth line. So 
quality of my life has everything to do with the quality of my relationships, starting with my relationship with myself. But, you know, I love to travel. I love to experience new things. I love to just see where where the day is going to take me. And, you know, ultimately it's about freedom and liberation um, and doing things on my terms and getting to continuously discover that, you know, like allowing myself to be surprised every day by yeah. the miracle of life, basically. Yeah. It's so beautiful and inspiring. Oh, and, thank you. Yeah. Um, I love that you rediscovered your creativity in the last few years because, you know, I think everyone, and I've heard and read, like, everyone is born a creative being. And it's actually shame that Mm -hmm. takes that away from a lot of people. So for those that feel, oh, I'm not creative or I'm not an artist, like, no, there was just probably a moment in your life where you felt like something you created wasn't good enough for someone else and they told you that or they made you feel that way. Yes. And I think everyone has that in them to create something. Yes. No, I agree. And, you know, it's actually um, the strongest energy in my human design chart is I am the creative role model. I have the channel of inspiration. And I'm really, if I'm really living my design from my authority and not thinking about what I should be doing, all that I'm supposed to do is just be in my creative self-expression and just, like I said, show up day to day in whatever way my authority wants to show up. And um, I really grew up never feeling that like, oh, I was an artist or that I could be, um, like I wanted to be a model because I, when I was 12 in school, I was in sixth grade and the teacher asked the whole class, well, what do you all want to be when you grow up? And everyone else was like, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer, a veterinarian, a librarian, a mom, whatever it was. And then she came to me and I was like, oh, supermodel. Nobody else said supermodel. I love that. But and you could definitely be one. Well, thank you. You are one. Well, thanks. I mean, I do that in my <laughs> in my free time as a hobby. I really, really love it. I love collaborating with photographers. Um, and uh, But like you said, it's shame that stopped me from pursuing that. Did, did your teacher say something to you when you they said that? They all laughed. Everybody laughed. Because I was an awkward... Indian girl with a monobrow and a mustache and acne and braces. Mm-hmm. And, and you I knew how beautiful you were. I mean, I didn't even know. <laughs> I think it was more just like it, like, and I had very eccentric style. Like clothes have always been really a big thing to me. So like, I think that, like, I just I always knew that there was like something big and great inside of me. But my spirit was very squashed. Um, throughout a lot of my life as a young person because of, you know, just because of the the things that my soul signed up for. Like you said, my life was very messy. And so um, it's only recently that I've been like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And I love it. And it lights me up. Um, and I am meant for this. And also, you know, it's like, I don't want to care. I don't want to care what anybody else thinks. And the only way to really set aside these possible judgments or this possible shaming or whatever it is, is to really strengthen your relationship with yourself and then to also have that clarity of like, what's my highest vision for myself? What is it that I'm really going for? And then to always check back 
to that, like check in with yourself and come back to that. When you start to feel discouraged, when you're like, okay, I'm going to design my beautiful life. What does this mean to me? Well, this looks a little scary and daunting or like, who am I to think that I can really do this? Right. And you know, I do subconscious work. So I really fall back on my tools in terms of subconscious reprogramming and subconscious healing to help myself get out of my own way. Um, But, you know, we are able to tap into our subconscious and to heal these things through different modalities. And I think that what you're doing is one of those ways because it's one thing to kind of like create the subconscious beliefs, but then we need um, evidence in our real life to show us that it's okay to be authentic. It's okay to show up as you are without any masks, right? With nothing else but just you. And that you are not only loved and accepted, but you're actually celebrated. It's when we come together and we do this for each other that it gives our subconscious minds that evidence that like, oh, I'm okay. It's like, I'm okay, and you're okay, and together we're amazing, right? So... Yeah, that's so um, reassuring because especially in this transition after leaving a very secure, stable job and income to know that um, we're all out there to support each other and being a fourth line, having learned about human design, you know, at the start of this year, knowing that I'm a two and a four, a four is kind of knowing that my network is how everything comes to me. It made so much sense. I think I've gotten every relationship through a friend, Mm -hmm. every job through someone I knew, Mm -hmm. and that is just how the universe delivers to me. And now that I know that and can accept that, that's why a community made sense to me. You know, this Design a Beautiful Life community. Let's just all come together and see what we make together. Yeah, and let's just see. Let's just be brave, and let's just see. Like, there doesn't have to be any kind of, like, guarantee, right? Yeah. It's going to, there's going to be something good, a lot of things really great, for sure. But regardless of, like, how it all unfolds or what it ends up being, it's going to be great. There's going to be something good that comes from it because you're approaching it from a place of love and compassion and authenticity connection and togetherness and you're really just leaning into who you are it's not like you're doing something that's like wildly outside of yourself you're like no this is just what I want to be doing every once in a while I have to check myself though I'm going oh did I just do that okay (laughs) but let's not dwell in that let's just keep moving on and that's the thing I think that we can get very caught up in being like am I doing things right like what was I thinking and like how can I how can I make this better or what's the like what's my best strategy behind this and then I'm like no Fosia Just keep moving forward. Keep putting one foot in front of the other and trust yourself. Like first and foremost is you have to trust yourself. We all are just doing our best. And Mm -hmm. if we can approach life with this sort of like joie de vivre, you know, it's like, I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. And when we see other people doing it, it gives us permission to do the same thing. So I don't speak French, so what does that mean? Joie, joie de vivre. It's that, I mean, like... life in there. It's, it's the joy of life. Okay. Yeah, it's that, like, mm, that, like, joie de vivre, the thing that just, like, it's, it's the joy. It's, like, I just want to, like, take life and, like, I want to, you know, it's, like, a juicy piece of fruit, and I just want to, like, get every last little drip out of it. Yeah. To me, that's what joie de vivre that's is. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So can I ask you, then... What, how would you design 
your beautiful life? What does design a beautiful life mean to you? For me, it's surrounding myself with other beautiful people that uplift each other and just support each other through everything that is happening in the world. It's getting to travel. It's being with my family. It's making decisions on my own terms. Yes. And to me, freedom is just being able to support myself and my life by being myself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And not, I'm really, I'm a chameleon. I feel like I'm really good at blending into other sorts of situations, but I'm putting that aside. I'm just trying to be who I know I am, you know, try not to hold things back and just live authentically because it's so much easier to do that than to try to be all these different versions of myself or be like other people. Yes, yeah, it is. I think that it, there's like a hump that people have to get over with that, yeah. right? It's like you can you can like show up in a certain way and kind of keep it all together and have it be, I don't want to say calculated necessarily, but like you kind of got it mapped out, right? But then eventually you it gets it's you're too tired. You can't do it anymore. And then you have to do that thing where you just kind of like let it all go. Mm-hmm. And once you do and you get over that hump and you it's really about surrender. You just kind of like have to surrender to yourself. Surrender to who you are. And then once you do that, you're like I literally cannot show up in any other way than how I am. Yep. I just, I can't, I, it's not even possible for me to put on a happy face or a brave face or in any kind of face. Mm-hmm. I'm just showing up today as Alana. I'm showing up today as Fosia. And I think too, you're really giving people permission to show up imperfectly. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Like, like you said, it's about the messiness of life and really kind of embracing that we're just all messy people. We're messy humans. Yeah. And to normalize that. I'm just so excited about it. How how has the response been for you from your friends and family? Um, people have been excited. And it's slowly the community is growing. You know, we just, it's just on Instagram at this time because that is manageable. Slowly getting the word out there. Um, of course, the people in our entrepreneur com- community are super supportive. But I I see every person that joins the group, I message them and I start a conversation because I see them as an opportunity to learn about why. Like, why Mm. did you stop drinking? What were you scared of um, before you did? Because then that can support people who are maybe not quite there yet. Right. And that I remember living in that space and being so scared, like, am I going to lose all my friends? Mm. What am I going to do with my time? Like, am I going to be a fun person or am I just going to be super boring? And I have way more fun now. And um, just like, I I think it's so much better. So to get over that hurdle um, and, and discuss this with every person who joins the group, Mm-hmm. Um, which is like an unofficial group, you know, it's right. just, it's just a community. It's just a community. And yeah. so um, it's an opportunity to learn and to um, hopefully grow it into something more that can help people on a more of a prevention level. I'm not an addiction expert. I am just someone who has gone through it myself um, and has had it in my family. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen some of that, you know, come and go. And I just want to say that 
the conversations around it are usually more daunting than they are when you actually have a conversation. When you sit down with someone and you actually hear them out without shaming them, without blaming them for anything, and you just talk to them, that's usually that's all that's needed to open the door mm. and towards a more beautiful life. And it's slow steps. It can happen really fast. It really is. But the conversation is a lot scarier than the results. Like the idea of the, the con- idea yeah. of a conversation, which mm-hmm. I think is something I wanted to share because within my family, we've struggled with that. You know, sitting down and opening your mouth is the <laughs> hardest thing to do. But once that energy starts coming out and the messy thoughts and feelings come out, it's so much more beautiful what that can turn into. Right. To put everything out on the table and to be like, I need help with this or I'm kind of struggling with this or I'm thinking about this or you guys haven't known, but this has this is how my life's been for a while, you know, even or to check in on someone and be like, hey, you know, just thinking about you like I noticed that maybe you haven't shown up at a couple things Mm. or, you know, so just the conversations seem a lot harder than Mm. when they're actually vocalized and just saying things is the hardest thing. That is something that I've been working on that muscle of mm-hmm. using my voice having learned about human design and where yeah. my energy centers are yeah because you have yeah. a defined throat yeah yeah and i think too that um what i love about dabble and what you're creating is that you're creating this it's also it's a community but it's also like a support system too mm-hmm. right so you talk about um dabble being a community for people who are sober curious yep. also so it's not like, you know, uh, you have to go cold turkey or, and you don't need to be addicted to alcohol to be able to relate to this movement. Because I know for me, um, I actually recently just completely cut out all alcohol. And it's not like I was drinking a lot before that. But I noticed that because I'm so sensitive, it was really affecting Um, my hormones it was affecting my digestion and then it was affecting my hormones and I have a sensitive liver Um, and so I feel so much better but I think the thing that you're creating is community but also support so that say someone wants to feel they feel that they want to have that difficult conversation maybe with a loved one or a family member a spouse whatever their partner and they're feeling nervous about it, they have dabble, they have you, they have the people within the community to sort of like, you know, kind of lift them up and support them. And as humans, all that we want is belonging. We want to connect, we want to feel that we belong. And alcohol, going out, eating out, having cocktails, that is what brings, that's a huge thing that brings people together. People really bond over that. So like you said, if you take that out, it's like, well, who am I going to be? And who are my friends going to be? And am I going to be able to relate to my friends anymore? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do, right? So let's talk about your event because okay. this is the perfect example of what a sober curious or sober person can come and do, connect, have fun that doesn't involve alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the hardest things to do without alcohol, if you are a drinker, is to dance. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is the truth. And all the it was inspired just because I wanted to dance. And I thought, you know, there might be people who want to dance too. And if this is going to be my event, it's, there's going to be no alcohol at it. 
And then it just kind of kept building and now it's going to be this really fun and beautiful thing. And I also hope people connect at the event too because there, um, I recently shared on the Dabble with us Instagram, there is a loneliness epidemic that the U.S. Surgeon General actually declared in a published report earlier this mm. year. And people are lonely and this started pre-pandemic. Mm. So they were lonely. We live in a digital age. People yes. might connect online. But this is, you know, an opportunity to get back out there, to reconnect in person, to feel the energy of other people in a room and just like vibe up together. And um, who knows what will come from that night. But that's all it is. It's just a really great time. Yeah. Yeah. So what can we expect? You had mentioned some of the things before, but what can we expect? Yeah, we're starting to put a lot of thought through. Um, and when I say we, it's some friends that I have a friend that's gonna that's a dancer who is going to host the event. Um, I have other friends who are in the sober community that are going to um, create the mocktail bar. We have a DJ who is also a sober DJ. Um, wow. And so collaboratively, we you know, come up with these ideas just to create a little more micro experiences throughout the event instead of just coming in and you have to dance. I understand that people might feel awkward. They don't, they're not drinking. They might not have gotten to a club for a few years, especially if they quit during the pandemic, which I think a lot of us did. Um, And so, you know, even from checking in, we're going to have special types of name tags where um, going to decorate the place in a fun, colorful way that one of the um, suggestions is to dress in a colorful outfit so mm. that, you know, just colors that uplift you. Yeah. And then we are going to have little mindfulness activities for people to do kind of throughout this space. Mm-hmm. And then our host, Alana Ficus, is going to um, lead people through some optional guided dances. I love that. So that if you are a wallflower, you're not feeling it yet, you know, the event starts when the sun is still up. We're going to do a toast to the sunset and kind of let go of our day. Wow. Um, we are going to do a really fun um, walking thing that hypes people up and empowers people. Um, and some, I don't want to scare people away, but some like partner stuff. If mm-hmm. you're up for it, we are going to make it easy for people though. You yeah. know, from the get go, like, all right. You know, we are going to be like, this is how you're going to do it. And then just as soon as you know it, you're going to be like having a great time. So um, to kind of take the stress out of that social pressure of how do I dance? What am I dancing to? Who am I dancing with? Whatever, you know. So, um, yeah. And that that's all just we're trying to be intentional about it. We're Mm -hmm. trying to put people in the right mindset and just make the space. It's going to be intimate and it's going to be fun. And what if people want to come and they don't want to dance? Maybe this time they just want to kind of like be there, take it all in and just check it out. Yeah, if you just want to come and have a mocktail and hang out, there'll be a couple little lounge areas. People can sit and chat, you know, if if you can hear over the music. And um, there is space for that. And you can watch people having fun. That's a lot of fun, too. Yes. Um, There are going to be, we are going to ask people during certain times not to bust out their phones so that people can really feel Mm. free to dance and let themselves out. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So there'll be certain times where we ask people. um, And then it's not a phone-free event, though, because Mm -hmm. being a parent, I can't do that. (laughs) Right. um, uh, And just, we want people to be 
comfortable. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, we'll have mocktails. If you're comfortable dancing with a drink in your hand, you'll be able to do that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, I love that. And people have been super supportive. Um, the owner of Lucid Lush, her name is Cameron, and it's a non-alcoholic cocktail that craft seltzer that she's a local girl that she mm. created this drink and she is from um the west side and started this drink because she stopped drinking too but she didn't want she wanted a margarita and she wanted her mojito so you know we're gonna have those at the event as well and make mocktails out of them yeah. so fun yeah so it is a week from tomorrow yes it's saturday july 29th it's from 7 to 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. at Gather Event Space, which is in Hawaii Kai, mm-hmm. right? And it's an 18, 18 and over event. It is, yes. Okay. If you have a team that you would like to bring, we could talk about it. Just message us. The tickets are on Eventbrite. Okay. Is there a way to link in show notes? Yes. So okay. I will put that in the show notes. I'll also put um, Dabble. It's Dabble with us right? At yes. Dabble With Us. Um, yeah. That's your Instagram. D-A-B-L with us. Yes. Yeah. D-A-B-L. And yeah. um, and the entry is... Entry is $15. $15, which is like yeah. nothing. And that's just to help cover costs to put the event on because we're new and we just want to um, pay some people for their services yes. and we're renting the space. But complimentary thanks to the Gather oh, awesome. community. Yeah. So... Um, it's just going to be a good time and anyone is welcome. The only ask is to not pregame with alcohol, show up sober, um, don't sneak out and go to Roy's and take shots, you know, like (laughs) these are all things people have said to me. So that's why I'm saying it that way, but just to show up sober and then whatever you want to do after that's fine. But, um, it's to keep everyone at the event safe and comfortable, Yeah, you know, um, for those that are in recovery, you want to make sure that they feel supported in that as well. Right. And yeah. I think, too, like, just try something new. Yes. Try something new. Be brave. Try something new and see what happens when you show up just as yourself. Yeah. You know, like, it can be a little bit scary or daunting or, like, I don't know what to expect. But, like, every single time we step outside of our comfort zone, we always surprise ourselves. Every single time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. we are going to be doing a giveaway, actually, for Ooh. two tickets and a bottle of Gia and some Lucid Lush drink. So nice. that'll be on Dabble with us Instagram to if you want to win two tickets. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I just want to point out how quickly and smoothly um, and almost, I don't want to say effortlessly because I know you've been working hard, but how people have really come together to support your vision. Um, you as a fourth line with all of your connections, you know, and you're also your very warm heart and your glowing aura. You've just really magnetized this whole thing. Um, so I just want to point that out. You know, for anyone out there, I think you can really look at Alana and what she's doing with her life and um, use her as inspiration. Like you're, to me, it's very inspiring how brave you are to do something new, to go out on your own venture and um, that you just never know what's going to happen. You just have to be brave and also ask for help, right? Like it's not like you're doing this on your own. You are definitely asking for help. You are receiving the help, you're allowing the help in. And I think that that's so important. So 
Thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. Yeah, it's true. It's fun. It's really fun to witness you, to watch you with your process, and it's fun for me to be a part of it. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share? No, just I want to thank you for having me on today. It's been so nice to sit with you, and I forget sometimes that you're also a four. I am a four. Yeah. Yes. And I am also a two, so sometimes... I need to hermit yes. in order to be the best four I can yes, be. Yeah. Absolutely. And regard like I'm a four six, but fourth lines in general, we still always have to retreat because mm. we do get people fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are we can be very, very extroverted or at least like be out and be doing all the things. And I have my fourth line in my um, conscious side. So it really is a driving factor, but you know, I also have to retreat also. Um, but it really is beautiful the way that fourth lines come together and um, really support each other. And, you know, we are the connectors. We like to connect our people with other people and to bring our networks together. And so, yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun. Well, and you and I are going to be in Bali together yes. in two months. Yeah, I was going to say, speaking of retreating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to go to that and just be a part of it. And I think just, you know, your guidance and human design in general has changed the way I accept myself and, mm. you know, think about how my life unfolds. And so I'm just excited to really immerse myself in yes. that with you and Sage and yes. to go on this retreat together. I'm, I'm incredibly excited. Yeah, talk about like travel and freedom and yeah. designing a beautiful life. Yes. I mean, it's going to be incredible. Yes. So um, if any of you out there are interested in going to Bali for a beautiful retreat, it's September 30th through October 7th, and it's at Soul Shine Bali, which is a luxury, barefoot luxury resort. Um, I was there in April. Um, the universe just really gifted me. This whole experience came out of the blue, and when I was there, I was... Um, really kind of initiated by a healer named Andre, who we are going to be meeting and having a session with as part of the retreat, but he told me to stop hiding. And I came home, and um, then the retreat kind of just came together. So talk about designing a beautiful life, right? It's like I just want to follow the whims of whatever my soul wants to do, and that's a big part of it. So if any of you are interested, it's going to be incredible, and Alana will be there with all of her magical energy, (laughs) and uh, I'll put information about that in the show notes as well. So. Um, Thank you all for joining in today. Thank you, Alana, for being here and for showing up with so much vibrancy. Alana is very intuitively vibrant um, with your authenticity and your big heart and your glowing smile. Um, And I just love spending time with you. So I'm glad that we got to do this. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for being here. And for all of you out there, until next time, I am sending you all so much love.